Welcome back, everyone. It is June 9th in the uh, evening. Nice little night out. And we got uh, another CFFL Memoria on tap for you. This one shouldn't take as long as some of the others. We are going to go back almost to the beginning. You know, it, the 2006 podcast took a little bit longer just because some of the origins were discussed there. Uh, in this one, we're taking a look at 2007. And 2007, I think, was kind of a continuation of the 2006, I don't know if I want to call it an experiment, but, you know, still a four-team league. I just relocated up here um, to Virginia at the time. I don't want to get too much into the backstory. And so two of us were up here. Two were in uh, Florida at the time, but not in, like, the same area. So we actually – this is the only piece of data in our league that we do not have is the 2007 draft. So I cannot speak to the 2007 draft, which I know breaks everybody's heart. Um, so that's part of the reason why we went back. Um, I kept my AOL account at that point, and I got locked out of that. But even there, I don't even think I kept it. And the only thing I remember is that Jay traded like his second, third, and fourth round pick to go get Cole Brennan again. And – 07 did not live up to the 2006 expectations for uh, Mr. Cole Brennan. So, yeah. In again, everyone made the cha- uh, made the playoffs again, and this was kind of a redemption year for Andrew R. Um, Andrew is the only person in the CFFL to win a championship who is no longer in the league Um, became too much when he relocated to Vegas and I think was just kind of going to a new chapter in his life. Good dude. All the best to him. Um, But yeah, for one magical year in 2007, he put it all together, pulling some of this information up. When we look at the 07 season, uh, we were still very much trying to figure things out. And they were getting figured out, trust me, at the very last second. So we only had one CF, uh, all CFFL team. Andrew went six and three. Brian G went five and four. JH went four and five. Nick H went three and six. I mean, really. And it could have been anyone, right? Um, when we look at the all-CFFL team, Graham Harrell starting a run as a CFFL legend uh, for Andrew Orr in 2007 did have a 2.42 war. It's a pretty solid season. And some of these other names on here, eat your heart out. Darren McFadden, Arkansas, 0.66 war. You got to remember, we did not have catches back then. So – Part of that played into it. Sorry if you're hearing a jet go right over 
right over Sky right now. Uh, if that's making noise, if it's not, you can just, I'm not talking to myself. You can ignore me rambling. Uh, Mike Hart from Michigan, 2007, 0.56 war. And Calvin McCray, who can't remember Calvin McCray, Ohio running back. Both Mike Hart and McCray were JH products, uh, 0.47 war for him. Michael Crabtree came on the scene. Um, 1.17 war for Brian G. Andrew R. had Jarrett Dillard from Rice, 0.75 war. And Devon Bess from Hawaii, 0.7 war. So um, those were your wide receivers. The tight ends, ah, Travis Beckham, he, he uh, spent a little time in the NFL. I don't think he had this. I don't think he had the career that he was hoping to have. And I know you're all here to hear, wonder about Travis Beckham's NFL career, but uh, 0.72 war. Uh, but he was, he was kind of like in that athlete, athletic mold tight end uh, out of Wisconsin. Uh, Cody Slate, Marshall, 0.35 war. And the two defenses that year, Penn State and Virginia Tech, each your hard out Hokie alum, 0.48 and 0.46 war. So you can see not massive uh, scoring numbers. And again, I do think part of that is attributed to only four teams and such depth on the teams. Again, every league starts out. I mean, you look at some of the wild numbers of like the early professional leagues. Uh, especially basketball and baseball and just how so, how s- some of the numbers are just so skewed. And it takes a while to kind of refine your product over time for it to, you know, kind of trend and track the way that you want it to. And I think this was no different. Those were some of the major, uh, some of the key players uh, from the 2017s. And I think we know who some of those players are. The playoffs, Andrew beat Nick. 202 to 178. Brian G beat JH 189 to 177. I'll say first two years, some really good playoff matchups. And finally, again, another barn burner uh, in the CFFL final was Andrew R winning 237 uh, to 233 over Brian G. So only a four point difference. So we had two single digit championship games uh, the first two years of the league. I mean, we had some really close battles um, early on in this league. So I do think part of the other issue uh, was that the season did end. Championship week was week 11, whereas we're still kind of in the thick of things in week 11 now. That was the only way to really have symmetry in the league back then. If we take a look at who were some of the players in this championship game, Interestingly enough, Andrew Orr won it without Graham Harrell, a quarterback. Let's take a look here. Chase Daniel, Ray Rice, Ian Johnson. So those guys are from Mizzou, Rutgers, Boise State. Jarrett Dillard from Rice. Ryan Grace Mullen from Hawaii. Devon Best from Hawaii. I mean, he's just Hawaiian up here. Chase Kaufman from Missouri, uh, kicker Arthur Comedy from Louisville, Virginia Tech defense, and LSU defense. Brian G., Pat White, West Virginia quarterback, Darren McFadden, Arkansas. Tashard Choice, Georgia Tech, there's a name. James Hardy, Indiana, Harry Douglas, Louisville, Michael Crabtree, Texas Tech, 
Travis Beckham, Wisconsin, Louis Sudoka from Utah, Oklahoma defense, Florida State defense. Overall, pretty uh pretty formidable group there. Take a look here. Biggest performers from this game. Chase Daniel had 33 points. Ray Rice, 243 yards, two touchdowns, reception 12 yards uh, before it all went downhill for Ray when the video was released. Uh, other big player, Jarrett Dillard, Rice, 13 catches, 128 yards, two receptions. Uh, Rice, Ryan Grace Mullen, nine for 128. Devon Best, nine for 98 and one touchdown. Uh, and then... We have your Chase Kaufman had three for 22 and a touch. Those were some of the big players there. Um, for Brian, Pat White, big game, 181 through the air, 147 on the ground, three total touchdowns. McFadden, 117, but no rushing, no touchdowns at all. Uh, to short choice, 170 and two touchdowns. And then James Hardy, oh, seven for 107, two touchdowns. And also Michael Crabtree, nine for 195 and two touchdowns. Michael Crabtree was somebody – he was one of the first forces in the league. It, same with the Hawaii offense, uh, wide receivers as well. But Crabtree was someone you had to pay attention to as like the main guy on the team. Like he was the first, oh man, kind of guy. Cause like the Hawaii guys, you just never knew which one was going to win. Like one week, Grace Mullen could go big. Another week, Devon Best could go big. Uh, man, someone else too. Kind of drawing a blank at this point. Uh, but if you look at – it was definitely an interesting season as far as refining the league for what it became. But when you look at – I will say this is probably the season that we have – it's probably one of the least talked about seasons only because, one, again, there's only four teams in the league. But also we don't have the draft data and – you know, Andrew probably was head and shoulders the best statistically owner, and he's not in the league anymore. Still equally important, but, you know, there's not the constant reminders of what took place. And again, when you start getting up to 16 teams, winning a four team championship sometimes, maybe not going to carry the luster. You know, it's back like when there were six Major League Baseball teams. Like it was important and, it, and it's valuable to win a World Series when there was six or eight teams. But when you get up to 32, that does – it's a little bit different. It's not to diminish what he did at all. But 2008, would we'd basically double in size. We went to eight teams and probably like six competitive – like really competitive teams. And then 09, that's when it really started to kind of pick up. Uh, and then certainly 2011 was the next rung of competitiveness. 2011, 2012 into 2013. Um, no one in 2007 made the all CFFL team. And I can't even go over the draft war because we, that is the only thing in this league that we do not have is the 2007 draft. I know you all are upset about that. You're demanding. We somehow find it again. Another, another plane. Really? Um, but we can't. For those of you who are wondering, Cole Brennan was a one war that year. So, 
he was good. It's just, you know, it's like when you put out a killer album and then the next album after that, or if you put out a sequel, it's just not as good, right? Major League Two's not a bad movie. But it's not Major League. Right. And I think that's kind of what Colt Brennan was in 2007. It was Major League Two. It wasn't back to the minors. I don't even think I made it through that whole movie. But it wasn't Major League One. And that's kind of what Colt Brennan's season was in 2007. Uh, other than that, a lot of guys just kind of hovering around what the war totals were. And again, I think part of that was because you could change players in and out so easy because your team was so deep. But also, you know, only not, you know, yeah, we only had nine regular season games, but we only played 11 weeks, so you couldn't really develop. You didn't have some of the over-the-top statistics. So 2007 was important because, hey, we came back for a second year. And I think the first two years of the league are more about what we were doing to try to build the league as much as it was about any of the statistics that took place then. The scoring system has been revamped multiple times since then and again we're four we're now four times the size of the original size of the league like i think that's saying something you know that takes time i really wish i had more to talk about with the 07 season uh some of the worst performers. The worst performer in 2007 was Malcolm Kelly from Oklahoma, a minus one, two, two war. And also, oh yeah, I remember taking this guy. This is when Hal Mummy was at New Mexico State before basically he was labeled a criminal. And everyone was in on the quarterback. That tells me the next, uh, the next uh, Tim Couch at Kentucky, but at New Mexico State. And I went all in on the New Mexico State train that year. I took Chris Williams the wide receiver, and I took Chase Holbrook, the quarterback, and together they lost me one and a half games, and that's the reason why my team wasn't really that good. Um, there was a guy named L.A. Reed that year. He had one star for six yards, J.H. You know, it is interesting. This is a walk down memory lane looking at some of these names. Jamarco Simmons, Casey Fitzgerald from North Texas, any other names I haven't mentioned? Steve Slayton. Decent year, not a great year, though. Darius Bowman, Oklahoma State. See, I'm just throwing names at you now because I really don't have much else to say. The league literally went six and three, five and four, four and five, three and six with four teams. The clear number one team won it. But really, anyone could have won it because any of us could have won. All of us were in the playoffs anyway. But I think once we had enough information after running it the second year, that's when we knew we wanted to kind of grow this to something a little bit bigger just because college football is cool, man. And there's just so many teams out there. And I think a lot of it came from the curiosities of playing the college football games where it's like, you know, at that time, pre-kids, you had the time to sit down and put in names on PlayStation Two, maybe. I don't know if there. Was, I don't think there was PlayStation Three, and I don't know. It was about this time. This was like kind of the end of the video game era for me. Was I think maybe like 08, and I was still on PlayStation Two. So there may have been a PlayStation. I think PlayStation Three was maybe another year or so after that. But 
you put in the names, you figured out who some of these teams were. It's like, cool, there's another team in Louisiana outside of LSU. There's multiple teams. There's a Louisiana Lafayette, Louisiana Monroe, and a Louisiana Tech in addition to LSU. What are these teams like? What makes them different? And I think that's kind of the DNA of college football is figuring out, hey, what's special about what they do at this place? It's a little bit different because like the NFL is kind of like a corporate homogenous. Everyone's kind of the same. Whereas college, it's like here they do it a little bit this way and a little bit that way. And I think after two years of kind of like playing with these teams – and these players from all over the place, I think it was kind of a cool thing. Like, yeah, I, I don't have to worry about there only being three good running backs. What I got to figure out is, do I want to pick a running back from a small school that may do well earlier in the year and may have some, or may struggle earlier in the year, but has some desirable matchups later in the year? How good is this player against good competition versus how good are they versus, say, average competition? And, you know, that natural curiosity is what started the league. Certainly, that's not really what drives the league now, especially because, again, I feel like peak TV, peak sports from a monoculture perspective, I think was right around the time. I think it's that two- to three-year period of high-definition television, but before smartphone proliferation, right in this time period where it was like, I can now watch HD games – but it wasn't everywhere. It was still kind of a mystery. And again, I could just be spitballing right now. And you may be like, what in the world are you talking about? But there was, there was still kind of like this mystery about everything that was out there about call about all these different teams. Like reading the magazine each year was part of the, like breaking the code of the mystery of some of the teams that now it's like, everyone's got social media teams, all this information's out there. And it, it's not that it makes it less special. It just doesn't surprise you as much, especially with guys moving around. Um, I think the portal, again, I don't want to sound old, but I, I really do think it takes away the uniqueness of playing for a program because you know that it's just one year at a time. It's like, oh, this – this player is going to be one of the Oregon running backs in o in o seven o eight o nine. Okay, he's going to be the next DeAnthony Thompson. It's like, no, actually, he's just going there and then leaving again. Hey, he got here. Oh, he didn't like the first practice. He's back in the portal. And again, I'm not trying to say what's right or wrong. I'm just saying what I think the outcome is. And it's like in 07, it's like, okay, this person committed to this program. They're going to be this kind of player. And we've got to kind of figure out each year what this program is like. I think that's more what it was like. I think that was the different mindset. Like, again, the how mummy thing. It's like how mummy may be a criminal. He may be a borderline terrible human being. And I have that on authority from somebody who has talked to how mummy that he is a shady, shady cat, like all the way shady. But guys kind of liked him at the same time because of his brashness and it was like wow they're going to go try this in new mexico state these guys are going to have to make it work for the next two or three years whereas now it's like oh he's going to have people come in this year they're going to try it out this year oh but then they're just going to go somewhere else i think that that to me may be it's not bad it just doesn't have that uniqueness that i think was around 15 years 15 16 years ago 
And I think you can kind of see that in the game that we can't even keep up and Brian can't even keep up with where do all these guys, where, what team are all these guys on? That makes it kind of tough. Again, not trying to sound old, just trying to give the mindset of what the league was like in 07 because there was only four of us in here and there's 16 of us now. And you're probably like, if you end up ever listening to this, you're like, well, what was it like in 07? And I think that's what I'm trying to do with these podcasts is kind of take you back to what it was like each year when we were doing this. And like 07 was certainly far different than what we were running in 2022. With that, I think that kind of gives you an idea of where we were in 2007. The second of two years of the four-team experiment. And I think that's a good place to call it. I thank you for listening. Hopefully you keep listening. You know where to get these podcasts because you're actually listening to the podcast, but you can get them wherever you want. Have an awesome evening. We'll be keep we'll churn these out and be talking to you all soon. All the best. Take care.